Happy, happy Sunday service, everybody. Welcome to our weekly podcast live on YouTube every single week, 7 p.m. Arizona time. Arizona time is the only time that matters because we're the only state besides Hawaii that does not change our time. Arizona time every week for the last two years, we are here doing creative finance conversation with you guys. And today the conversation is, what does a subject to deal look like start to finish? Now we're going to change the topic. Some of you guys probably thought we were going to do role playing today. Talking with Cody, talking with Dan Quijano, talking with Matt Beard, one of our other partners in startvirtual.com, our virtual assistant business. Um, we were going to do role playing today, but unfortunately, Cody ran a marathon this morning and he has completely wiped out. So I changed the topic on a whim and we are going to talk about a deal breakdown, a deal that I'm currently in the middle of right now. Now, I've got a really good one um, that I'm currently going through in Texas as well, but I've got a sub two deal in um, Atlanta, Georgia that I want to go through today. And I want to talk about where the deal came from so that you can do it too. I want to talk about how I'm funding the deal, the numbers behind the deal, what I'm going to do with the deal, and any other question you guys might have along the way. Now, over the last couple of weeks, Today is January 16th, 2022. Over the last couple of weeks on Sunday service, we talked about what is sub two, where do sub two deals come from? And two weeks ago, maybe last week, we actually pulled multiple sets of data for you guys regarding subject two. So we pulled foreclosure data, we pulled expired listings, canceled listings, et cetera. And we actually spent that money, gave $5,000 worth of lists over to sub two students and then we asked the general audience, people that are in the YouTube comments right now to go squat up with those students and say, hey, I'll call on that list. Let's squat up together. Let's work those deals together. Now, it's interesting, the mindset of the people that are getting these free lists. My students are trained. They We typically only attract a very go-giving audience, people who are genuine go-givers. Um, but unfortunately, the people who are not my students that are not trained the same way have been hitting up those students and saying, give me the list. Pay said to give me the list. Pay said, no, it did not say to give anybody a list. What I specifically said is you guys need to squad up with each other and work these lists together. If you're not willing to be um, in a collaborative environment, then I don't want to give anything to you because you are a taker. You are not a giver. I only want to be around other people who are giving and generous with their time, their resources, et cetera. And that is what my students are um, in a position to do. So if you are a non-sub-2 student, please take your time, introduce yourself in the audience on the, on the side chat here in YouTube and say, I'm not a student. I would love to work with one of the sub-2 students, get access to that list and bring value in any possible way I can, whether it's calling, texting, going and door knocking, whatever it may be. I want to do deals and I want to do deals with people that have access to free lists that actually cost me money. And I want to work with you guys and bring value. So that is over the last couple of weeks. We did that. If you guys go to um, youtube.com forward slash pace Morby, you can pull up those lists. And today we're going to go through some fun stuff with you. We're going to actually break down a deal, tell you where it came down or came from. I'll actually give you guys the address it is a deal that has not closed yet, and so I am being a little bit dicey here, giving you guys access to a, an address that has not closed yet, because you know there's going to be somebody that hits up this seller um, in the audience. Uh, maybe I should rethink that. 
it's a good deal. If it's a good deal, should I talk about it? And should I bring it up on the live show? I know that if I brought it up in a live Zoom with my students, I would have nothing to worry about. If I bring it up on a live YouTube, this is what I get worried about is that the audience has in the past multiple times called my sellers on deals that I'm actively, um, not negotiating, but I'm actively under contract with. I've had people call my sellers and say, Pace talked about this deal on live YouTube and you should blah, blah, blah. You should cancel the contract. It has happened to me more times than I care to admit. And as much as my nature wants to give, 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 I got to rethink this. I'm wondering if I actually go through and give you guys the address and I walk through and break this deal down for you guys in a way that is easy to digest, easy to understand, et cetera. Give me a minute on that, but I want to show you, um, go to youtube.com forward slash um, Ace Morby. You guys will go to my main YouTube page. For those of you who are not subscribers yet, why the hell not? Why the hell are you not a subscriber of mine yet? I've worked so damn hard for you guys to give you guys free value, but here we go. Here is the YouTube channel. Look at that, 43,000 subscribers, pretty close to at least. You go here, you go to videos, and you're gonna go down to Sunday service. Um, that is right now, we've got 366 people watching. Thank you guys so much. Um, but there's another YouTube, here it is. What is subject to real estate? Where is the video? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, okay, here we go. Last week, this YouTube video, if you've not watched it, let me share it with you guys. This YouTube video was us pulling lists and spending the money. Okay, we showed you in our account, we spent $5,000 on this. I'm going to share this with you guys so you can see um, that exactly where deals come from. And it's so funny because the topic of tonight is actually a deal that we have that was in foreclosure. Okay, so take that YouTube video, go watch it if you did have not seen it yet. I've just posted the link in the side chat. Make sure you guys are subscribers. Make sure you guys share this. We now have 460 people watching live. Let's see how that's split up. We've got 380 people on the YouTube channel and 50 people in the Facebook group. So guys, thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, really, really appreciate you guys. Let's get into it. So last week we talked about how sub two deals primarily are coming from uh, people in pain, right? So in seller finance, people typically are looking for gain, which means they're asking for more money or they're looking for a favorable, favorable set of terms. Like there's a lot of sellers on that are selling on seller finance that really just want the tax benefits of selling on seller finance, okay? That's not a subject to seller, okay? Subject to and seller finance are different in that regard. Seller finance are typically sellers who are pretty astute, pretty smart, pretty privy to real estate in general, and they are looking to get a higher purchase price from you. And they are looking to also mitigate or extend their tax liability in selling that property. So that's typically who you get for seller finance. They're doing it for a tax purpose or they're doing it because they want too high of a number that the market won't allow them to do. Um, in that situation, expired listings are going to be huge for you. Also, if you go to any state's MLS right now, any state's MLS, you will find houses on the MLS that are currently listed for seller finance. Seller finance is a very common thing. You'll see it all of the time. Now with subject two, we talked about this the last couple of weeks. I'm doing this chronologically. So if you guys feel like you're missing information, go back and watch the previous episodes. Again, today is January 16th. Go to Sunday service episodes prior to this. Subject two, 
I'm going to tell you the majority of the people that are selling to you on subject two are either A, they're lacking equity, B, they are in a painful situation. They need to let go of the property and, and um, hightail it to another location and they don't have time. So they don't have equity, they don't have time, or they are behind on payments. Okay. If they are behind on payments, that typically means they're in foreclosure. And so the last couple of weeks, we talked about sub two deals coming from foreclosure situations. We then pulled and showed you guys exactly how to pull foreclosures. And this week we were planning on talking and role-playing on how to reach out to sellers in pre-foreclosure and foreclosure situations so that you could talk to them. In a magical world, the world that I magically live in, we manifested a deal with a gentleman out of Atlanta. His name is Jamari. And we're going to end up having Jamari on Sunday service here, probably in 30 days once we close escrow and I get things up and going. But Jamari, a gentleman I've known of for the last couple of years, has a decent following on Instagram. He's very active talking about door knocking foreclosures on Instagram. Jamari sends me a DM a couple of days ago. And the DM is, Pace, I know I'm not a sub two student. Are you willing to do deals with non-sub two students? I'm like, of course I'm willing to do deals with non-sub two students. I, that's how I made my name as the creative finance guy is doing deals with everybody, right? I can't just say I'm only going to buy deals from certain people. Now, I obviously teach my students and I spent, uh, this week I spent over 30 hours um, on my sub two students. Of course, I spent a lot of time with them. I structure deals with them. I buy deals with them all of those types of things. But of course, Jamari, bring me an opportunity. So Jamari runs into a seller named Trevious in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, how did he find Trevious? Mark this one down because the conversation of where do sub two deals come from? We've already answered it in previous episodes, but I'm going to say it one more time. Write this down on your notes. Sub two deals come from, again, people who have lack of equity, lack of time, or they're behind on their payments. Those are the top three. Now there's another 20 other things, but you don't need to worry about those other 20 things. These three are the main three, okay? Expired listings, canceled listings, foreclosure, bankruptcy, those types of things people are willing to sell on sub two, okay? So Jamari sends me a DM on Instagram, okay? So if you guys ever have a situation where you have a deal that is too tight, I unfortunately... 90% of the opportunities you guys send to me in my Instagram DMs, I don't actually look at them because the second you guys tell me New York, New Jersey, North Dakota, California, Washington, whatever it is, I don't even look at those deals. What I immediately do is I say, go send this to my students. And then I get my students involved in those deals and I disconnect from those. I don't have time to do deals all over the country. That's not my business model. It never happened. Actually, I shouldn't say that. It was for about six months, like, let's do deals everywhere. Let's try and do, anytime somebody sends us a deal. And in our Facebook group, our Facebook group two years ago, when we first started this Facebook group, I was doing a lot of JV deals in the creative finance with Pace Morby Facebook group. I ended up actually having to hire a full-time person to handle all of these JV deals. And I realized that I was spreading myself too thin. And so we dialed it back down and really I only buy deals personally. I will help you find a buyer or I will help you find a student of mine in that area. There's not a single state, a single large, or actually there's not a single city that you can't drive 20, 30 minutes and meet one of my physical students anywhere in the country. We have the most successful real estate mentorship program ever, 
ever, ever, ever. It is the most successful, the biggest go-giving network ever. So if you are a non-student and you need help with a deal, I can tell you I'm probably not the right buyer for you unless it's in these five areas that I'm about to tell you. The students of mine will buy in all the other areas and I will connect you. So if you DM me and you go, I need help in this state, I will connect you with a student or I will tell you where you can go find that student. The five places that I will actively buy and hold are obviously Arizona. We're here in Arizona. We live here in Arizona. So of course we're going to be here in Arizona. Two, Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, I didn't say Reno, Nevada, because I don't want to buy in Reno, Nevada. Does that mean that Reno is a bad area? No, it just means I want to own my properties in clusters. Okay, it's smarter to own properties in clusters. So it makes the management a little bit easier. So Phoenix, Arizona, um, Las Vegas, Nevada, Atlanta, Georgia, one of my favorite cities of all time, any of the big cities in Texas and any of the big cities in Florida. Now, I have recently opened up into North Carolina, and so I'm getting momentum there. I currently own four properties only in North Carolina, um, Fayetteville, um, Raleigh, and Durham, nowhere else really. And I am only buying sub two and seller finance opportunities outside of the state. If it's in the state, I will buy cash deals. Obviously, we do a lot of fix and flips. But if it's outside of the state, we are now going to add that sixth state, which is North Carolina, probably in the next quarter. Um, where we are now working deals with other people. Right now, I'm working deals only with students in North Carolina, but those other five areas, I will buy from anybody that sends me an opportunity. Now, again, if you have a sub two, if you have a seller that wants too much money, if you have a seller that wants, um, you know, they don't have equity, they don't have time, they are behind on their payments, and it's outside of those five areas. The way that I can help you is by connecting you with one of my students. I am not the buyer for that. I don't want to mess with it. I don't want to spread myself thin at all, okay? So make sure that you guys are connecting in the side chat. I see you guys doing that right now. We've got 582 people here right now. Amazing. 582 people showing up on a Sunday night at 7 p.m. Pretty epic. Thank you guys so much. Make sure if you guys are on the YouTube channel, you are a subscriber. Um... Antoinette says, which big, big cities in Florida? Um, you name the big cities, right? I'm Tampa, right? Obviously, Orlando, um, anything like West Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, that whole eastern side, um, all of that, and then also uh, Jacksonville. Anything outside of that, I really don't want. I am, oh, and Gainesville. I just bought a deal in Gainesville, and I'm going to talk to you guys about that deal in Gainesville um, in the next week. It's a seller finance deal. I just bought that from one of my students. Okay, so back to it. Here's what happens. I get an email from uh, Jamari, and I will actually pull that email up. Uh, I get in, I get a DM from Jamari, and Jamari says, hey, Pace, I would love to do a deal with you. I've got this seller that really needs help. She's going to get foreclosed on, okay? She's going to get foreclosed on, okay? So um, the, uh, the thing that comes up all the time, Pace, I've, I found an opportunity on Zillow, I found an opportunity on Trulia. I found an opportunity on Redfin. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You are not going after people that are specifically in a, a painful situation. Our job as real estate investors is to solve somebody's pain, okay? Now, this call that ended up um, happening, What? here's what happened. Jamari sends me a DM on Instagram. So if you guys need help on Instagram, please DM me. 
I then reply back to Jamari to go, hey man, send me the details via my email. I gave him my email address. He then sends me all the details. I immediately know the deal. I've already looked at this deal three different times. Why did I? Why have I seen this three different times? Well, because a couple of my students had it under contract. Another non-student had it under contract and asked for way too much money. And I just said, hey, when you guys want less of an assignment fee, I will take a look at this, this opportunity. But right now it's too much for me. So Jamari ends up being the only person that continually follows up, follows up with the seller. It was amazing because I told Jamari in a text message, I said, get me on the phone with the seller so I can actually get the seller under contract. I recorded that seller call and I gave it to my students. It's a 45 minute call. I did it live for my students, obviously recorded it um, on a, a video and did it live simultaneously so I could take that um, and share it with my students, okay? What was amazing about this situation is that a couple of things leading up to this phone call, Jamari was not the first person that brought this deal to me. Again, Jamari was the fourth person that brought this deal to me. The first person that brought the deal to me had it under contract as a lease option. I don't buy lease options. I don't advise you guys to buy lease options. There's a whole nother topic for another day. We'll do a Sunday service all on lease options. I think lease options are a waste of time based on the knowledge and experience and resources I currently have at my disposal. I can, with my negotiating power, instead of going and getting a lease option, which doesn't actually give me ownership of the property, I can buy the property through subject to or seller finance where I have the control and the ownership of the property, whereas a lease option does not. So I turned that first offer down. I said, lease option is not a good fit for me, okay? What ended up happening is another person brings the deal to me, but they were asking for far too much money on an assignment fee to assign a subject to deal to me. I replied back. Um, I almost want to pull up the email, but I don't want to show their name. And I said, you're asking too much money. Go back and see if you can renegotiate it and come back to me. Well, guess what? They never came back to me. Instead, they canceled the contract with the seller and the seller essentially just lost faith in all wholesalers at all. Jamari ends up following up with the seller every single week. And his follow-up sequence was really amazing. His follow-up sequence, and by the way, guys, I will get into the numbers. I'll break it down for you guys so you can truly understand. Jamari ends up following up with the seller every Friday, just checking in on her and saying, hey, Trevious, how are things going? Now, I'm contemplating letting go or releasing a part of the seller call. Would you guys want to see a part of that seller call? I will not release the whole thing because as sensitive information, I would only share that information with my sub two students behind a very private wall. But if you guys want me to share a part of that seller call, I will absolutely share that with you, uh, parts of it, so you guys can get little nuggets out of it. Um, Kelly sent me a link. Hold on just a second. Um, here we go. Let's pull it up. All right, we got 649 people in here. Guys, thank you so much. My gosh. My freaking word. All right, here we go. Here is the link. So go to pacejmorby.com, six steps, six steps for sub two deals. That's a link that if you guys sign up for that, um, Kelly will send out an, a link to everybody tomorrow or maybe Monday when she's back to work, giving you guys a portion of the seller call, okay? Now, the seller call was really, really good because I 
always tell every single wholesaler that brings me a deal, I don't want you on the phone. Now, am I being a jerk? No, I'm not. It's not that I don't want people to learn. In fact, if you go back, um, I will show you guys my call with, or my text message with Jamari. When Jamari sent me this opportunity, ooh, this has her name and number in it, so hold on just a second. Um, Jamari let me, I, I want to share this with you, but I also don't want to put the seller's information in here, on this, so hold on just a second. I got to be very careful of what I share and don't share because people will call the seller and people will do fool, foolish stuff, really, really foolish stuff. So hold on a sec. So um, Jamari sends me a text message and um, I said, hey, let the seller know I'll call her at 12 noon today. Three-way calls, screw it up. I'll record it for you to see later. Um, I said, give me her cell and name so I can... Um, give her a call directly, obviously. And then I shared the call with her. Okay. I shared, I shared the call with him, Jamari, sorry, girl. Here we go. So I, once I got off the phone call with the seller, which I will share with you guys, anybody that needs that link, it's right there in the side chat. Anybody that wants that link, um, there it is. What happened is Jamari and I, um, I called him afterwards to share the link with him. Here is the link right here for the full call. And I shared it with him and he said, receive much thanks. Just watch the video. This, this means a lot. I can truly say that with your help, I left someone better than how I found them. Guys, I'm telling you, this call was magnificent because of what had happened to the seller in order for us to get to this point. Seller was in foreclosure for a long time. Multiple wholesalers and multiple people had called her. When The first thing I said to the seller when I got on the phone with her is I said, Trevious, how is it going? I'm sure you're sick of these phone calls. You're probably getting hundreds. And she's like, hundreds would be an understatement. Hundreds would be an understatement. But there's a point to this because somebody else listening to this is going to go, how am I going to compete with hundreds of people? How am I going to compete with hundreds of people that are also trying to get this deal under contract, also trying to help this seller in foreclosure? I'm going to give you a very clear answer. The only person that actually called Trevious longer than two weeks was Jamari. The seller says on this seller call that we will share with you. The seller says Jamari was the only person that consistently followed up with me. The only person. Out of hundreds of phone calls, hundreds of text messages, Jamari was the only person that followed up with me. Now, here's the deal with this house, okay? The deal with this house is, let me pull up the address so you guys can see. It's a gorgeous freaking house. You guys think I should share the address? Am I stupid for wanting to share the address? I like, I really like sharing addresses and being very like open with everything. But I also know and I've learned from my mistakes that I shouldn't sell that or open up information with people on YouTube. It sucks that it's that way, but it is very, very true. I put myself in this situation. Yeah, I need to not share it. Sorry, guys. I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and give you guys as much information as I possibly can. Um, what I will do for you guys is I will, once I close escrow on this deal, I will bring in this deal. And I, I, could bring I could break down every little part of this whole entire contract. I'll break down every little part of what we're planning on doing with this. 
but I really don't want to share the address because somebody, you guys will see in the side comments, everybody that saw, saw this call that I made with the seller says the call was amazing. So please make sure if you guys didn't get a chance to do so, click that link, sign up for it. Kelly on my team will make sure you guys get that. Okay. Let me pull up an ad the address of the property and we'll pull up um, just what the house looks like. And then I'll get into the actual numbers of the deal on my whiteboard. How about that? We'll do that today and then we'll break it down in a couple of days um, once we close escrow. Now, the seller is in foreclosure. They're currently getting foreclosed on on February 1st. So we have about 14 days to um, postpone or postpone the foreclosure or to. Oh my gosh, this house is so good looking. Such a good looking house. It's on an acre. It's in Atlanta, Georgia, one of my favorite states of all time, one of my favorite cities of all time. I would say Atlanta is my favorite city. So let's pull it up. So the seller's getting foreclosed on by February 2nd, and that's a problem, right? We want to help the seller. So check out this house. Gorgeous, gorgeous house. It's on an acre. It's a five-bed, five-bath house. And I want to break down the numbers for you. Okay. Yes, I've been to Savannah. There's not many parts of the country I've not been to, guys. I've been to just about every part of the country. Now, let's go through, let's go to the whiteboard and we'll break this deal down for you. What ultimately happened on the seller call, I'm kind of bouncing around a little bit because I was in my mind, I was proliferating like, do I pull up the address? Do I share this with everybody on YouTube? And the answer is no. I mean, I, I really, really feel like, oh, there's Jamari right there. Um, Jamari, bro, congratulations. It was really interesting talking to the seller on this deal. I will be bringing Jamari on the on Sunday service here in about 30 days once we close escrow and the seller's taken care of and moved out of the property so nobody bothers her. Out of 700 people that are currently watching right now, I think we can all agree that there's going to be one person, right? There's going to be one person that will call the seller and bother them. It's just, it happens all the time and it's unfortunate, but it does happen. So, Here's what happened on the call. I talked to the seller. She'd been canceled on. The first question I asked her is, how many calls are you getting? She's like, it's hundreds, hundreds. Like hundreds is an understatement. I said, well, why don't you sell the property through a realtor? What do you guys think the answer was when I asked her, why don't you sell the property through a realtor? What was her answer? Miss Trevious is her name, Trevious. Why didn't you sell the property through a realtor? Why don't you throw it on the MLS? What's going on with these wholesalers? All these questions I ask in every single conversation, the answer is because she is a realtor herself. She, the seller who we are buying this five bed, five bath house in Atlanta, Georgia, that will end up netting me probably $4,000 a month. This seller is a realtor herself. And she's not just a realtor by um, I have a license. She actively lists and sells people's property. She is a realtor. She said, I don't have time. I don't have the energy for it. I know what subject two is. I totally understand what you're doing. Take over my property. Now, the seller, we're going to go through this with you guys. The seller is in foreclosure. So what does that mean? It means the house, is, the house has payments that it's behind. And this is really confusing for a lot of people because when I talk about, I'm going to buy this house, no money out of pocket, people really don't have an understanding of how, how that really works. And so let's break this down. 
Okay, so Atlanta, Georgia. Let's connect that real quick. So Atlanta, Georgia, the numbers on the deals, the seller's currently behind $41,000, okay? And come on, baby. Come on. Why is my why is my iPad got to do this? All right. So I'll break that down in a second. I think my Apple Pencil just needs a little bit of a charge. So the seller's behind on her mortgage payments. And so I'm going to catch up those mortgage payments before I close escrow. And people that are learning subject to and seller finance, they worry about that, right? Because I'm brand new. How am I going to do that? I don't have $41,000 to catch up the arrears. So your option, your first option. Um, now, this is an interesting thing, right? Seller is not a good agent to be behind $41,000. I think that that's a really quick way to dismiss somebody's situation that they might be going through, right? Like a divorce or a death in the family or sickness. We get a lot of sellers that are going through cancer that are agents themselves and they actually lose their business or they are actively doing uh, real estate transactions, but their medical costs are more expensive than what they're bringing in in their real estate business. And so I think that this is an unfair comment. I, I understand what you're saying. I'm not trying to beat up on you. I don't know your name. I wish I did. But you say, here comes the closer. Good name. I like it. But you say, seller's not a good agent to be behind $41,000. I think that that would be unfair for you to say without watching the call and understanding what the seller's going through. People lose children. People lose loved ones. People go, fall behind on their payments because they're dealing with things in their life that you may not have already gone through, right? And for us to cast judgment on somebody that's be behind pay their payments probably is not a good idea, okay? So let's, let's just make sure that that is clear. She's actually very, very, very smart girl. Uh, here comes the closer says, my apologies. I'm not coming down on you. I just, I just want you guys to understand a lot of times when you're talking to these sellers that are in foreclosure, they're going through something really painful and really hard. And right now, there are hundreds of thousands of foreclosure options all over the country. And there's options and uh, um, opportunities for you guys to go and help these people out of foreclosure. So let's talk about this for just a second. If I am going to buy a house subject to that has a bunch of um, arrears, right? They're behind on payments. What are my options? How can I actually take care of those arrears, right? Let's fill up the side chat. Okay. Um, how do we help somebody out with arrears? What are the ways I can do that? There's two major ways that I can help somebody out in a rear, in an arrear, actually three major ways I can help them out with arrears. Okay. If it is a property that has no equity, it doesn't cash flow. There's no actual strategy that will help you make money. Then typically a short sell is the right answer. Okay. A short sell is an answer. The next thing is a loan modification, right? Getting somebody put into forbearance and then doing a loan modification. Inside of Sub2 Mentorship, guys, we are currently doing a loan modification mini course with Kiki Shrugs. She's doing a great job. She's been doing loan modifications for a long time. She is currently teaching all of the Sub2 students on Saturday mornings how to actively 
run and operate a loan modification business so you can go out and help sellers that are in foreclosure so that you can loan modify um, and get that amount of money that they owe $41,000 put onto the back of their mortgage. Therefore, this house is no longer behind on payments. And so when we're talking to somebody that's in foreclosure, we typically go after that one first. We want to make sure that we go after somebody's house and try and get a loan modification before we go to option three. Okay, Option three is raising private capital. And for me, I actually am planning on raising private capital to get this deal done, worst case scenario. Okay. So let's break this down. I will give you guys a full walkthrough and a full rundown of exactly what that means. Okay. And you guys will understand the numbers on this shortly. Ooh, my iPad does not want to work today. Isn't that so funny? Come on. Be good to me. My gosh. Why has it got to do that, guys? It's so funny. I had this smaller iPad, which I should go back to. I had this smaller iPad and it never caused issues. And I go to a bigger iPad and it's always causing me problems. Okay, here we go. So the seller's behind uh, on their payments, uh, $41,000. Okay. They're behind on their payments. Then I'm going to give the seller $10,000 in cash to leave the property. And then I'm going to pay a Jamari $10,000 to bring this deal to me. Guys, how cool is this? This is what this is. I'm planning on worst case scenario, this costing me, but this is not the total cost. Okay. This is not the total cost. I'm going to break this down for you guys in, in just a couple of minutes. Okay. This is not the total cost. The total cost, I call it an entry fee. And I will break that down for you guys in just a minute. Jamari's getting $10,000 for bringing the deal, deal to me. The seller's getting $10,000 to walk away. We are going to catch up that $41,000 in arrears and payments because that will stop the foreclosure and allow me to take over a property that is no longer behind on payments. Now, where does that money come from? For me, it comes from private money, okay? So check this out. This week, I am doing something incredibly epic. I'm gonna do this on a live. It is gonna be during the week. I will talk about it on Instagram. Pay attention to this, guys, because somebody's going to ask a dumb question in a couple of minutes. I get so many people that want to know how to raise private capital. So many people. How do I raise private money? Where do I find these private lenders? Okay. Where do these people come from? What I'm going to do is this week, I'm going to show you guys how I find private lenders in a random private lending Zoom. Not a Zoom. I'm going to do an air meet. Okay. I don't know what day. I don't know what time, and this is why, is because I am bringing in a title rep, somebody who works at a title company, to show you guys how to find people who will give you private money. This is not hard money. These are individuals that will give you money in second position. I am going to show you guys exactly how to do this sometime this coming week. It's not just for my sub two students. It's not just for my flip me students. I'm going to make this available to everybody. So pay attention to my Instagram post this week. I don't know the name. I don't know the day and I don't know the time. And the reason for that is because I need to communicate with Bobby Joe, one of my title reps, so that we can break down an hour and bring this value to you guys live. 
maybe I end up doing it on Sunday service where I actually show you guys how simple and easy it is to raise private capital, okay? If I end up doing that, you guys need to know that the place I will post about it is on my main Instagram posts. I will talk about it in Instagram stories. I will talk about it in my email communication with people that are on our database and our email communication. We are gonna show you where this money comes from. I'm going to show you how to pull up the data that shows the people who are willing to give you money in second position, okay? Now, what I just did um, earlier on a separate Zoom, I have a, a mentorship called flipme.com. What I did with those students is I showed them um, copies of a deal I just did in Gainesville. Let me pull this up for you guys to see, okay? So many people don't know how this actually works. So let me pull this up and share this with you for just a second. When you raise private money, you protect your private money lender by giving them a mortgage in their name against the property. So you can see this is a property I just bought in Gainesville, Florida, okay? You will then see um, right here, there's a first mortgage. We have already closed on this property, so I have no shame in just showing this to you because it is public data. This is the mortgage, okay? This is the house, it has a balloon, okay? The seller gave me a $300,000 loan in, this is a seller finance situation, okay? The name of my company is Moving Forward Ventures right there. And the name of the seller is Nancy and Donald McLeish, okay? The seller, seller financed me $300,000 on this property. So check this out. You can pull this up. It's on county records. So when people say, oh, this is bull crap and this is not real and this doesn't really happen, guys, I'm here to tell you, it happens all the time and you can pull it up on public record, okay? Now, the part that you don't know, a lot of people don't know, is I'm gonna show you something that I have no shame in showing you and giving you guys all the goods. Check this out. My lender, the person who brought my money to the table on this deal, is in second position. Here is the note that is also public record. You guys can see my private money lender, okay? Um, I don't want to show their address necessarily. Well, I kind of am right now, but this is my private lender. He bring me $45,000. You can see it right here, $45,000. And I have to pay it off by August 6th of this year. Okay. How am I going to pay that off? Well, there's five different ways to pay a proper private money lender off. One of the main ways is that I'm going to cash flow on this property enough money that it will pay off that private money lender. Okay. So what happened is I bought that deal in Gainesville, Florida with $0 out of my pocket. And not only did I buy that deal with $0 out of my pocket, I paid myself $9,000 to buy that property. That is the crazy part about this. I will raise enough private money to pay off the seller, pay off the arrears, pay off the person who brought the deal to me, pay for closing costs, furniture, all of the expenses associated and I will put enough money in my pocket that I can go out and re do, you know, do more marketing and pay my bills and do all that kind of stuff while I'm waiting for my deal to become an operating Airbnb. Does that make sense for you guys? Now, Tech uh, Nino says, what is the private money lender charging you to borrow? My private money lenders charge me 8%. And the reason being is I'm a safe bet. Now, there are other lenders that I used to borrow money from at 10 12, 
14% interest when I was brand new. I didn't have the credibility I have and all of my deals still made sense at 10, 12 or 14%. But now I have credibility. Now I know everything I'm doing at a very, very high level. People are okay with giving you an 8% return, taking an 8% return based on a very safe bet, okay? Now, you guys need to understand that that is interest only. I'm only paying them interest. So it's a great return. It is a very, very great return, especially considering most people that are in the stock market are not making really even 7%. The S&P is averaged at seven. Most of my lenders are averaging two or 3% in their stock market portfolios, up and, up and down cycles, all that kind of stuff. So the great thing and what I do with my private lenders is I pay them a consistent 8 to 10% interest every single month. Now, what we're going to be doing is I'm going to be communicating with you guys sometime this week um, exactly how to find these people. Now, you saw this. I, I'll share it with you guys one more time. This document that I had up on my screen, well, right now, I've, now I don't have it on here, um, but this document that I have up on my screen is recorded against the property. This is a uh, public public data. Like you can pull this up on a website and find private money lenders. Okay. So you'll find lenders that I'm doing deals with that are um, giving me $200,000 sometimes on a deal. Sometimes it's $10,000, right? But this seller or this private money lender gave me $45,000. And with that $45,000, that lender paid off the seller's down payment, the closing costs, the wholesaler who brought the deal to me, my upfront costs for my Airbnb. They literally paid for everything for me. And I have $9,600 in my bank account as well. Let me pull that up for you guys. It'll, it'll be amazing. Yeah, for real. John Robinson says, stop thinking people won't loan you money. Stop thinking you could never do this. Pace is literally telling you how to do this and why people will loan you money on your deals. This is money. This week, guys, I'm going to be bringing in my um, title company. Now, this is an interesting one, right? So, Peter, private capital equals Kent Clothier. What's interesting about Kent Clothier, who I'm friends with, and I'm going to be speaking on his stage here in a couple of months ago, or in a couple of months, um, the lenders that I went on with, he has a website called reww.com. It's a great website, great tool. A lot of people use it. But the lenders that you find on that are in first position. Those are called, called hard money lenders, okay? A private money lender is an individual that is not licensed to lend money. They are your aunt, your cousin, your brother, a nurse, right? Those types of people that have 50 to 250, maybe half a million dollars are going to lend money to you in a second lien position. REWW.com does not give you people in second position. Therefore, you really need to learn how to find these second position lenders on your own. Now, REWW.com is amazing, but I will be showing you guys this coming week on a separate stream free. I'll do it for free. Bobby Joe, one of my title reps, is going to come in and we're going to show you guys how to scrape public data to find lenders that will lend money to. They are actively lending money to people on their projects right now. The gentleman, this is an interesting thing, the gentleman that just loaned that $45,000 to me on that Gainesville deal never has ever spoken to me. We've emailed back and forth a couple of times. I messaged him and I communicated and I got his, him to send money over to the title company. 
And he lend me, he loaned me $45,000 without ever having a conversation with me. Guys, I'm telling you, private money is everywhere. There is private money sitting in your phone right now. You just don't know how to ask the right questions. And so we'll do that on another episode coming up. Okay. So really, really good stuff, guys. We have four, or we have 725 people watching this live stream today. So thank you. Thank you so much. Let me get into the deal, the details of this deal on um, the Atlanta deal so you guys can understand. Now, I hope you guys now understand where private money comes from. Okay. Private money comes from um, individuals, right? So I've got $41,000 that's going to go to arrears. I've got $10,000 that's going to go to the seller. So we're going to give the seller $10,000 to walk away. And then I'm giving $10,000 to Jamari for bringing a deal to me. What's cool about this is Jamari didn't even have to close the seller. Jamari followed up with the seller mostly through text message. And so Jamari got paid about $1,100 every time he followed up with a seller. And what does that mean? That means every week he followed up with a seller for about eight to nine weeks Every Friday, he sent her a text message and just stayed on top of her and was consistent. And then finally, everybody else stopped calling her because they just thought she wasn't going to do a deal. And then two weeks before she's getting foreclosed on, she finally talks to Jamari and says, let's do the deal. Let's get the deal done. Jamari lets me talk to her directly. I get her into to a contract. I let everybody watch that live. Well, my, I, watch my, I let my sub two students watch it live. And we get her into a contract. We open escrow a few days ago. Now, in order for me to actually turn this into an Airbnb, which is what I'm planning on doing, I've got multiple things I have to take into consideration. And I call these things the entry fee. Okay, so let's go through this real quick. There are seven parts to an entry fee. So number one is the seller's cash. Okay. So we already know what the seller's cash is. The seller's cash is $10,000. The seller is getting $10,000 to let me purchase their property subject to. The second thing is going to be arrears. Okay, so in this situation, it's $41,000 in arrears. Okay, don't be scared by these numbers. They're going to get bigger and I'm going to give you guys some good information for you to understand. Then Jamari is getting an assignment fee of $10,000. Guys, I'm already at $61,000 before I even pay for closing costs. Now, closing costs, okay, closing, closing costs are going to be probably $5,000. Now, the next thing that I've got is I've got renovation, okay? I'm going to put $20,000 in renovation there. And then what I've got is I've got another um, $6,000 in payments, along the way while I have a vacant property and it gets up and going. And then I have $10,000 in um, furniture for the Airbnb, right? Just kind of getting the Airbnb up and going. So my total cost is pretty heavy, right? That's my total cost. My total cost is like $122,000, okay? $122,000, that's a lot of money. And so many get people get afraid of that. Totally understandable, totally understandable but let me walk you through this. Now that we've got the seller into contract, we have already been speaking with the bank about a loan modification and it's looking incredibly promising. We are going to modify this loan and we are going to take off $41,000. And ultimately this deal is going to be a deal that costs me $80,000, which is still a very, 
very scary number, okay? So we're gonna be at $81,000 to get the deal done. And what does that pay for again? It pays for the seller $10,000. It pays for the assignment fee $10,000. Pays for the closing costs, pays for the renovation, cleaning, painting, carpet, all of that kind of stuff. Pays for furniture to get the Airbnb up and operational. Pays for even payments along the way, okay? So that I don't have to worry about utilities or payments or any of that kind of stuff. And ultimately, my lender is charging me on this particular deal. I have a lender bringing me $81,000. That lender is charging me 10% interest. So the way that we calculate interest is we do, essentially, that would be $8,100 for the year. Okay? And then I divide that by 12 payments. So what is $8,100? $8,100 divided by 12... equals $675 a month. So for $675 a month, I'm bringing in a private money lender to cover all of my costs to get into this deal. Does everybody, does that make sense to everybody? Does everybody now understand that I will borrow money at 10% interest only, that total cost will be uh, $8,100 a year divided by 12 monthly payments, my payment every month to that lender is $675. Now, if my lender's payment is $675, I also have multiple things to consider. Number one, I've got to cover the PITI, right? I've got to cover the principal, the interest, the taxes, and the insurance, the monthly payment on this deal, right? The monthly payment on this deal is all in $2,500 a month, including the HOA, $2,500 a month. My private money lender, as we already came up with, is $675 a month, okay? Then the next thing that I've got to worry about is I've got to have um, management fee because I'm going to have somebody else manage the property for me. I have Noah Hoffman. You guys have seen Noah Hoffman on Sunday service before. Noah Hoffman manages all of my Airbnbs. He is amazing. We love Noah Hoffman and we'll bring him on a future episode with you guys in the future. Talk it. Maybe we'll bring him on this deal and have him walk through. And maybe I'll, maybe him and I will set up in Atlanta. We'll do a live stream from this property. The management fee on this property will be about a thousand dollars a month. And then I'm going to have a miscellaneous budget of somebody breaks a lamp, somebody screws up my this, somebody screws up that, whatever. I'm going to have a miscellaneous budget of about um, seven hundred dollars a month. And then I'm going to have utilities and some buffer in here of another $1,000 a month, okay? So my total cost every single month to maintain this property, utilities, cleaning, miscellaneous, oh my gosh, somebody peed on the rug. Oh my gosh, we gotta fix this window. Oh my gosh, there's a roof leak. Whatever it is, I'm gonna spend $700 a month on average. I'm gonna put it into a bank account, save it for a rainy day, even if I don't use it. I'm then going to pay Noah Hoffman to manage the property, Airbnb. It's going to go up on his account, not mine. I don't even have an Airbnb account. That's how disconnected from managing these Airbnbs I am. And then I'm going to make a monthly payment to the underlying sub two mortgage. The mortgage I never qualified for, the mortgage I never called the bank about, the mortgage I never had to worry about ever, ever even applying for, showing tax records, bank accounts, none of that stuff. My total cost to get into this deal every single month with no money out of my pocket, $2,500 
um, plus 675 plus $2,700. $5,875 a month is what my cost is to be the owner of this property. $5,875 a month. Now, we've done so many examples for you guys on lower end deals that didn't cost us much money. But I'm just showing you one of the three deals I'm actively doing outside of Arizona. I have three deals right now in escrow that are seller finance or subject to. Um, we have two more that are coming under contract tomorrow. These are just the outside of state ones, not including the ones in Arizona, the ones that we're doing here local in our backyard, just the ones I'm doing outside of the state. This deal, I get it. It's $5,875. But the beautiful thing about this is that it will bring in $11,000 a month in, on Airbnb average every single month. Now, there's going to be months that are 15 grand. There's going to be months where it's $7,000. But the average monthly income of this property is $11,000. And what does that mean? After all my costs, after all my management, after all my payments are made, after everything is done, $11,000 taking out that 58 75, I will net in my pocket, I will net $5,125 every single month from a deal that I didn't have to qualify for. I didn't have to apply for. I didn't have to cold call. I didn't even have to really do much. Jamari is the one that brought the deal to the table. He's the one that closed. Um, he's the one that followed up with the seller. This is the beautiful thing about creative finance. I didn't have to apply for the loan. I didn't have to talk to the bank. I didn't have to go to a bank. I didn't have to use my credit. I didn't have to show my bank. Do you guys even know how much money I have in my bank? What is amazing is I can close escrow on this house tomorrow with $0 in my bank. $0 in my bank. And I, can, I will buy a $700,000 house in Atlanta, Georgia, five bed, five bath that will net me $5,125 every single month. I look at a deal like this and I'm like, why? Like, number one, how many of these deals do you have to have individually to quit your job? Like literally, how many of these do you have to have to be like, I never have to work again. Now I can do whatever I want, however I want for the rest of my life. $5,000 net. That's even with buffer. There's going to be months where I'm, you know, I don't use my buffer and I'm netting $6,000 or $6,500 in one month on one deal that I used somebody else's money for. It is bonkers. And the thing that's interesting is it's not even about the cash flow. The cash flow is amazing. This is a great cash flowing deal. My average Airbnb cash flow is probably $2,500 a month. So it's not gargantuan right? Most people look at Airbnbs and they go, oh man, you're going to be making $5,000, $10,000, $20,000 a month. And by all means, like we have those two, but the average Airbnb is between $2,500 and $3,000 a month net in my pocket. That is not where the majority of the money is even made. The majority of the money is made in four other things. Okay. And we'll talk about these on future episodes of Sunday service. Um, number one, Somebody else is paying down that mortgage for me. So I, as I sleep, my Airbnb tenants are paying off the property that I didn't even have to qualify for. As I'm sleeping, the Airbnb guests and are paying off a property that I never even had to show bank records, tax records, or anything for. 
I never had to put up a penny of my own money to buy this deal. And they are paying down this property for me in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, so that's number one is the pay down is being paid down by somebody else. They are building my wealth on top of my cash flow. On top of my cash flow, somebody is making payments on my behalf. Okay. Number two, the appreciation. Now, I don't count on appreciation, but I can show you guys properties I own. I'll show you one that I really like showing because it's a property I'm about to um, refinance out. Okay. Um, I will show you guys this here in just a second. Um, Russian Eskimo says, so are you saying Airbnb is a good start before rental property? Absolutely. Yes, it is. Okay. When do you take out the private lender? That's another topic for another day. I'll bring up, I'll bring this up on private lending um, Sunday service for you guys. If you guys really want me to, I can bring in one of my private lenders. I will bring in one of my private lenders that I've paid off and break that all down for you guys. Okay. Now I own multiple Airbnbs just like this where wholesalers who don't quite understand creative finance bring the deals to me. So when people say stuff to me like, I want to start in wholesale, I'm like, why would you start in wholesale? It's a hamster wheel. It doesn't build wealth. It is a grind all the time. Now we do wholesale, but I'm not a wholesaler. I would be embarrassed to call myself only a wholesaler because I only have one tool in my pocket. I have to buy your property at 60 cents on the dollar and then give it to somebody else where they make the majority of the money. Wholesaling is very lucrative. It is amazing to get into. But for me, if I had to go back and press the reset button and I was going to start all over, creative finance would be the best and easiest, fastest way to not only get my first deal, but also build passive income and build real wealth. And I'll show you guys what I mean by this. One house that I got into for 2,500 bucks, basically. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this one up. I, I bring this one up all the time because it's a house I used to live in. I bought it subject to, and the seller let me take over their mortgage payments um, for 2,500 bucks, basically. But the thing I want to show you um, is how much I've made on this property is not even the cash flow. Look at this, guys. I bought this property. 26 months ago. Okay. I bought it 26 months ago for 372,788. Why is that such a random number? The reason it's a random number is because I took the property over subject to, that was literally the dollar amount that the seller owed on their mortgage. I took over the mortgage subject to, I then have been making payments on that house or have I, I have not been making payments on this because my Airbnb tenants have been making this payment for me. And now look at the value of this property in 26 months. I have made $225,000 in appreciation on one property. Think about all the properties I own. How much money do you think I've made holding these properties for the last two years, just during the last two years of the pandemic? I have made so much money, it's ridiculous. Last year alone, we made six million dollars alone, just in appreciation. The value of the properties goes up. So as the government is printing all this money and you guys are trying to wholesale and you're trying to fix and flip. Now I fix and flip and I wholesale, but you need to hold property. You need to own these assets. You need, need, need to get into this game.
you absolutely need to get into this game of passive income and owning properties. Okay. So yes, I do make money on ca on the cash flow on that particular deal. The one in Atlanta, I'll make $5,125 a month after I pay my private money lender, after I pay the mortgage payment, after I have management fees, after I have a fluff budget of, oh crap, the window broke it broke type of stuff. And also after I have utilities and all sorts of other expenses paid for, I will make net in my pocket $5,125 on average per month. But somebody else is making the payments. And as inflation is just eating away majority of people's money, this property will continue to gain in value while somebody else is also paying it off for me. The, my favorite one, one of the best ways that I make money is because of the tax benefits. This one property, this one property in Atlanta, Georgia will allow me to write off probably close to a quarter million dollars on my taxes this year alone. A quarter million dollars. That means I can go and make a quarter million dollars in wholesale, a quarter million dollars in fix and flip, whatever I choose to make my quarter million dollars in. And because of the tax benefits of this one property, it will wipe out the gains that I have in another business to the point where I can show I made $0 on that $250,000. So as you are a wholesaler or a fix and flipper or whatever, right? You are bringing in a quarter million dollars. The government is taking 30, 40% of that. But guess what? The government doesn't touch mine because I am using depreciation, which is a tax strategy that the IRS gives people like me to own property. It is an incentive for me. So I will make far more money on the tax benefits of owning this property than I ever will with the cash flow from this property. So a lot of people get hyped and pumped and excited about the fact that I'm making $5,125 every single month on this property. I get excited because of the tax benefits that this property provides. Meanwhile, I did it without any credit. I did it without any credentials and I did it without any of my own cash. Not a single penny of my own cash will be used to purchase this property, pay off this property, et cetera. My private lender will be paid off by the cash flow of this property. I will win all sorts of ways. And the best part about it is that I helped the seller get a foreclosure redeemed off their credit. They didn't have to file bankruptcy like they originally planned. We put them in a much stronger position and in the process, put $10,000 in their pocket on a house they were going to lose and also paid a wholesaler for bringing the deal to me. This is what creative finance is all about. This is what subject two is all about. And when you guys are out there just trying to wholesale deals, you are missing out on the value of these powerful exit strategies. So this coming week, guys, we are going to be doing a live where I show you guys exactly how to find these private lenders that will bring you the $80,000 or the $90,000 or in some of the deals that I've done, I've had private lenders bring me $10,000 or $15,000. The fact is every, dime, every time we do one of these deals, we do it without any of our own money. Now, what's cool is this property I just showed you on 2720 North Sterling I have $225,000 in equity sitting in this property. I bought that property subject to, and in the next month, I'm going to be doing a series of lives for my students only where I show you guys how I'm 
pulling that $225,000 out on a cash out refinance with myinvestorloan.com. Myinvestorloan.com will give me that money. I will then reinvest that money into multiple properties and keep cash flowing on the property that I pulled out the equity on. It is crazy the game that you can play once you get a couple of these deals going and you get the momentum. You don't have to worry about every single month's bills. The goal really for everybody is get a sub two or a seller finance deal, get a couple of Airbnbs this year. You've got 11 months, play the slow game, just try and get one sub two, get one seller finance deal, put it into an Airbnb rotation and start cash flowing so you have the freedom to be able to make better decisions without the stress that you currently have. So that's a deal breakdown for the Atlanta sub two deal that we just got under contract. In the next 30 days, we will be talking about it. We'll bring you guys the address. I might even bring the seller on a live with us. She's told us multiple times she would love to do a testimonial. I would love to get her on to Sunday service so you guys can understand the process and what she went through. Um, if you guys want access to that seller call, I unfortunately will not be giving the full seller call out. I only give that to my students. But if you guys sign up for my email marketing, um, who are sub two students in DFW? Guys, if you are a sub two student in here right now, please take the last couple of minutes of this show and introduce yourself in the side comments. Um, right now, I've got 635 people on my YouTube channel. I've got 68 people in the Facebook group. So um, if you are in the Facebook group and you want more access to comments, jump over to my YouTube channel, go to youtube.com forward slash Pace Morby. You'll get access to the other 625 people that are watching this live right now so that you guys can squat up and, com and communicate with each other. So a couple of things that are coming up. Next week, we're going to be doing role playing so we can show you guys how to have these conversations with these sellers regarding foreclosures. We're going to give you conversations about sub two and seller finance and all of those types of things. I would make sure that you guys are communicating and, and building relationships with my students so that you guys can get the help that you really need. If you have not signed up for this, it's pacejmorby.com forward slash six steps for sub two deals. It's in the side comments right there. Okay. It's in the side comments. Make sure you get that. And um, Kelly Hanna will be giving out that recording um, in a smaller, more condensed version without any sensitive information in it. So you guys can see that. Okay. Um, Jess Humphrey says, can you send me the list from earlier this week? So Jess, let me show you something just real quick for all my sub two students. Everybody that's a sub two student, please pay attention. I'm going to show you guys exactly where to get this list. Okay. This gets brought up to me so many times. It's, it's almost like it's, I have, I go through this mental anguish of why is it so hard for me to get my um, links to people? And I realize it's not me. It's you 100% of the time. It's you. Okay. If we go into my announcements, right? So let's go to featured into the sub two Facebook group. You guys can see that we have 3,100 students in sub two, our private sub two Facebook group. You guys will come in here and you will see in my, here's the seller call I recorded for you guys, the whole seller call in this Google Drive. If you go right here, $5,000 list is in the Loom video. So if I click on this Loom video, I can go right down here and I will see the exact $5,000 list. Okay. 
I am so good at posting links. There's no reason why you can't find them. If you are a sub two student, go into the Facebook group, into the announcements and actually read the announcements, please. Okay. Uh, Jess Humphrey says, well, at Pace, I'm not a sub two student yet, but I will be soon. Jess, don't worry about becoming a sub two student. Work with my existing students. They will give you the list if you are willing to work with them and squad up with them. So please make sure you are doing that. Make sure you are becoming friends with people in the comments. The reason why I do this live and put the added pressure of having to perform to you guys for literally an hour and eight minutes straight, my voice has not stopped talking, is so that you guys can squat up with each other. I could easily just do this on a recorded uh, podcast and email it out to everybody, but I do this live for one reason, so that you guys can build relationships with each other in the side comments. So next week, guys, mark your calendars. I am going to do role-playing for sub-two deals. This week, we didn't do it because my partner, Cody, ran marathon and he got sick. Um, so please, next Sunday, mark your calendars. Go to my YouTube channel. Make sure you set a reminder. We are going to be doing role-play to show you guys exactly how to talk to these sellers. We're going to be bringing in Matthew Beard, Daniel Quijano, and Cody Barton. We're going to have four guys running Sunday service next week. And today we got 750 people live on Sunday service. Thank you guys so much. I can't, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. And more importantly, thank you to my sub two students that are coming in here, showing value to non sub two students and helping them out. Feel free to give out that list after the non sub two students agree to help you and squat up by calling, texting, or door knocking those sellers that I paid money for you guys so that you guys would be able to do that together. Uh, next week, we will be having a blast doing role-playing. Follow my Instagram. Make sure you're on there because I'm going to post on the Instagram once I get Bobby Joe, my title rep, to come in and agree to pull um, all the private money lenders in all of Florida and other states as well. We will show you exactly how to find people that will bring money to the table, lend money on deals just like that one that I'm in the, in the process of, of doing. And in a couple of weeks, we're also going to do another deal breakdown, the deal on Gainesville. I've already closed on. We're already actively turning it into an Airbnb, but I'm going to be bringing in um, Airbnb Noah, Noah Hoffman, my Airbnb manager, talking about the process of setting up an Airbnb through a creative finance situation and getting it live on the market and making some money. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into Sunday service. Have a great night. Uh -huh.